quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Check with an expert in your local market about the market standards and applicable laws when it comes to pets and the financial implications of the damage that they are likely to cause. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed, and today I'm bringing you another bonus operations episode. These operations shows are designed to give you best ever tips, advice for our listeners who are owner operators property managers, and for those of you who are involved in asset management and the relationship with your property manager, not only giving you the best advice on what to do yourself, but what to make sure your managers are doing for you as well. Today's topic is credit scores, co-signers, and criminals, best ever tips for your tenant qualifications. First, let me say that I am not here to tell you exactly what your rental qualifications should be. I only personally operate in one market that's in two states. This episode is more about making sure you know the right questions to ask, the right variables, qualification, criteria that you should consider for prospective residential rental tenants. Before I dive into any particulars, first, let me say that based on our listener base analytics at Best Ever, we know that the vast majority of our Best Ever listeners are living with very different financial circumstances than the vast majority of apartment renters. I say this because you should not base your rental qualifications on your own beliefs about personal finance You should seek out experts in your local market who understand the general market standards for rental qualifications and the applicable federal, state, and local laws. This is not about renting to people like you who think, act, behave, and spend like you. This is about finding qualified people who are interested in the places that you are looking to rent. So the first three and biggest three rental criteria, I just want to list them to get them out of the way of our conversation, income, credit, and criminal history. Obviously, these are things that you need to have standards for, and you need to be following those standards across the board. If that's news to you, then I would highly recommend doing a lot more research before you get into operating any real estate. That said, one note specific to income and credit or credit score that I think is valuable to note here is that you should consider whether or not to allow co-signers for your tenants. Income and credit are the two most likely, most common, most valuable times for a prospective tenant to have a co-signer to increase the average credit score, to increase the total income, to support the occupants of the apartment financially in the event that they are unable to pay the rent themselves. Do look into, in the markets where you invest or manage, whether or not a co-signer is considered a tenant legally bound to all of the same requirements of the lease agreement as the tenants who will be occupying the space. 
operating in Cincinnati, Ohio, on the Ohio and Kentucky sides of the river. My lease has co-signers as full tenants of the lease without having occupancy of the space. That means that any legal action that we would be taking against the tenants in the lease to cure damages or collect past due rent, the co-signer is party to that lease and party to that lawsuit, that eviction as well. Something to consider there is, let's say you have a credit score requirement or an average credit score requirement for your tenants of 600. 600 is lower than you need in the vast majority of circumstances to buy a house right now. There are a lot of opinions about credit scores that I'm not trying to get into. But something you may want to consider if you're having difficulty in your submarket, in the specific neighborhood where your property is located, if you're having difficulty getting sufficient tenants who meet your credit score requirement, whether it be 600, 650, whatever it is, you may want to consider allowing for applicants whose credit score falls only a little below your requirement to have a co-signer whose credit is significantly higher than your requirement. Example would be credit score requirement of 600. However, if your credit score is 550 or 575 or above, you can get a cosigner with a 700 plus credit score. And the reason is in the greater Cincinnati market, if I have to evict, I'm also evicting that 700 credit score. And so I have the confidence as a manager, as a landlord, and for my third-party management landlord clients, that that 700 credit score is going to make sure that we don't have to get to court to get rent collected. Next on my list of qualifications to consider is pets. Really, I think this is more of an operational or financial consideration than a rental qualification consideration, but it often comes up in this conversation, so I want to make sure we address it. First of all, service animals and emotional support animals, while animals are not pets. They are legally considered to be medical devices and have to be treated as such by landlords, assuming that the proper documentation for the tenant or for the animal or both, depending on local, state, and federal law, is provided by the applicant. So we're not talking ESAs or service animals here. Specific to pets, personally, I am pro-pet with pet rent. The reason being, when you only have one rental unit, all you have is one single family house. Yes, a pet can tear that place apart and cause significantly more damage than the deposit or increased rent and fees that you've collected over the course of a year or two. Probabilistically speaking, that's not very likely to happen in my experience. When you look across the breadth of a large portfolio, especially over time, if you can figure out how much pet rent the market will bear in your location and, and be sub-market specific because oftentimes you'll find that your property is surrounded by lots of properties where pets or particular kinds of pets like large dogs aren't allowed, meaning that you can charge significantly higher pet fees for the pets that no one else landlord-wise will accept. When you take the big picture and all of the circumstances where a pet does more damage than the fees you collected, that will be more than offset by the fees that you collect from pets that don't do any damage. So we're pro-pet with pet rent because in the grand scheme, it's a source of profit for me as a landlord and for my landlord clients as their property manager. Again, 
check with an expert in your local market about the market standards and applicable laws when it comes to pets and the financial implications of the damage that they are likely to cause and how that needs to be mitigated through deposits, rents, other fees. Just keep in mind, a deposit is typically money that is returned to the tenant in the case that there are no damages it needs to cover, whereas an increased rent or fee typically, depending on your market, is not money that gets returned to the tenant, regardless of the condition of the unit when they move out. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has never missed a preferred payment, never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a three to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital.thebamcompanies.com. So beyond income, credit, criminal history, and of course, the pet conversation we just had, there are four other rental qualifications that my team takes seriously that you should consider. And when I say consider, I think you at least need to look into the applicable laws and the markets where you invest or manage, and you need to figure out what the market standards are for these criteria. The first one's a bit of a no-brainer. It's eviction history. In a lot of places, a lot of court systems and markets, eviction history is going to be separate from criminal history and has to be checked separately. If you use an application processing or property management software that is already checking for evictions separate from criminal records, kudos to you. If not, I would highly suggest making sure that you are checking for eviction history. However, you have to do that in your market with the resources that are available to you. And you need to have a standard similar to criminal history for what eviction histories you will and will not accept. Next is a financial qualification that is often missed or just overlooked as a part of the credit score. And that's collections, not necessarily collection history, so far as I'm concerned, as current collection amounts. Does the prospective tenant have any debts that are currently in collections? They've been transferred to a debt collector servicer who is attempting to collect on a debt that has already gone unpaid and had a negative impact on this prospective applicant's credit. The reason is that in my experience as an owner operator and property manager, tenants who have collections, especially collections greater than one month's rent. So we're talking unpaid medical bills in the four or five figures and not the $150 of cell phone bill that went unpaid necessarily. Tenants with significant collections, in my experience, have greater difficulty being able to pay rent in the long term. 
They may have enough money to put down the down payment now, pay the first couple months rent. But when you get to the end of a year lease, tenants with collections, in my experience, have much more difficulty paying that rent. So we consider current collection amounts as one of our most important rental qualifications. Next up for us is pretty much a no-brainer. It's smoking. Our policy is no smoking flat out. I'm not aware of any federal or state or local laws anywhere that prevent the discrimination against smokers. Smoking, especially inside apartments, causes damage that has to be mitigated by money that a landlord has to spend in order to make an apartment livable by a non-smoker afterwards. So we're straight up non-smoking. You absolutely need to consider whether or not you are going to allow smoking in your properties. Last on my list, and I will say state and local laws will be critically important in your rental qualifications regarding this, it's firearms. I have now managed enough apartment buildings for long enough that I've had multiple issues with firearms being discharged inside an apartment with bullets traveling out of the apartment into common areas and other apartments. For me personally, my firearms policy is about safety and not about politics. Whatever your politics, listener, and whatever the applicable state and local laws have to say about discrimination against owners of firearms, you definitely need to have a policy about firearms for the properties that you manage. Consult an expert, an attorney, someone who has a depth of knowledge in the market where you invest or manage. To give you an example, the states of Ohio and Kentucky are a little bit different about this and about the protection of gun ownership. They differentiate between protecting gun ownership and the discharge of a weapon on private property. Your apartment is your private property. To give you examples from my own experience, the states of Ohio and Kentucky, where I manage, protect gun owners differently. Also, different from how they protect gun ownership, they have different statutes or precedents set for the discharge of said firearms when it happens on property that someone else owns. The tenant of an apartment discharging a firearm on their landlord's property, in this case, how that's handled. Those are definitely things that you need to look into. You need to have some understanding of the concealed carry license laws where you are. You absolutely need to have a policy about firearms. Regardless of what that policy is, you definitely need to take it into consideration. So best ever listeners, to give you a summary here of the rental qualifications that you need to be considering for the apartments that you operate or that you are asset managing or own, and you need to make sure that your property manager is considering, of course, you have income, credit, and criminal history. I also advise that you have a policy on cosigners, understanding how cosigners are handled in the market where you invest. You should also have a pet policy. Again, personally, I'm pro-pet with pet rent. And then you also need to have policies or qualifications regarding eviction history, active collections, smoking, and firearms. Best ever listeners, I hope I've added value to you through this episode. 
If we have added value, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend that you know we can add value to through this conversation about rental qualifications. Thank you and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.